If you have your Bible with you, I'm going to ask you to turn it to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And I want to share with you um, a little bit tonight, uh, starting out a new series. It's called What Time Is It? And I love, I used to be like one of those kinds of folks like, oh, don't read the book of Revelation. You can't understand it. And, and uh, for years, I really struggled. I've uh, struggled with the, the, the book of Revelation and end times and trying to figure it all out until uh, I actually got to spend some time with Hilton Sutton. And I don't know how many of you know who Hilton Sutton is, but Hilton Sutton is one of the greatest. He's in heaven now, but uh, he's one of the greatest end time prophecy teachers of all time. He is absolutely amazing. His books are phenomenal. He had great clarity um, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, learning from him. I did some TV shows with him. I actually uh, got to spend some time with him and, and uh, get to know him a little bit better and uh, his ministry. And uh, that really, really did a lot for me. Another great one that, um, that uh, has, uh, has done a lot is Tim LaHaye has done a lot on end time. Pretty accurate stuff. So um, that, that really you know, really puts things into perspective. In the book of, Chron- in the book of Chronicles, First Chronicles, it says in um, chapter uh, 12 and verse 32, it makes this statement. It says, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were two hundreds and all their brethren were at their command. And one of the things I, I think that we have to really pray for in our lives is that we're like the sons of Issachar. We understand the time that we're in. You know, these are very weird times. I mean, I've, I've you know, I've not lived as long as some of you, but I mean, it's, I'm, I've been around for a while. These are strange, weird times of things that are going on. Things are happening way faster today than they've ever happened before. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it can happen on... You know, it can happen in China, and we know about it as soon as it happened. And so uh, those are all things that are now, you know, those are things current with our, basically our socioeconomic and our, our uh, you know, our political systems and all the things that are going on. So we're going to really deal, we're going to dig into this about what time it is. And as the sons of Issachar, not only do we need to know, understand what the times are, but did you see that next part there? He said, and they knew what Israel ought to do. And so... There is a response to the time that we are in, the season that we are in, and we need to know what that season is. One of the, one of the um, doctrines of our church, Amazing Grace Church, and it's in our statement of faith for our ministry, is that we believe in the second coming of Christ. And that's uh, something that we have held firm to from the beginning, that we believe in the second coming of Christ. Now, we don't fuss with people that don't believe in a second coming of Christ, um, but we definitely aren't going to change our doctrinal belief because it's not as popular uh, to believe in the second coming. Some folks believe that there, you know, we talk about that there are two returns of the Lord. One is this the rapture, which we'll talk about here a little bit today, but also the second coming where he comes back to earth. Both of those are talked about in Scripture one, Jesus is in the clouds as he went, and we'll look at that in the book of Acts. But then also we know that there is a time when he comes back as the conquering king. And so and he leads an army, and they come and obliterate parts of the earth. And so that is going to all happen. 
depending, you know, you'll hear me use the word eschatology, which is just a fancy word for end times. Okay, so, you know, I could try to impress you with theological stuff tonight. Uh, but eschatology, however your eschatology plays out in your life, that whether you, you're like, well, look, I don't believe, um, you know, I don't believe that Christ is going to return. One of my good friends uh, believes that Christ is not going to return uh, until midway through the tribulation. And uh, so he's what they call a mid-trib believer. And um, I'm not going to say his name, but, but I mean, he's a mid-trib believer. And he taught it in his church and it created a major ruckus. People get upset about end time stuff, especially when you mess around with stuff that they've, they, they already believe. And so uh, I'm a pre-trib believer. I believe that we're out of here right at the beginning of the tribulation. I don't think, you know, the tribulation period, let's qualify it, uh, is a time of God's wrath being poured out on mankind for seven years. All right. God does not pour his wrath out on his people. You say, well, we're experiencing, what about all this bad stuff that's happening? That is not God's wrath. And I, I know people are like, you know, on Facebook, they're going, you know, the world is really doing bad stuff and we've had these terrible, and you know, it is terrible. The hurricanes, the Mexico, the big earthquake. And they're like, don't you see the judgment of God? Look, the judgment of God has not been released yet. All right. The judgment of God right now is call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so you'll be saved. We're not in the judgment of God that he is pouring out his wrath on mankind yet. You say, well, pastor, I want to, I just think that's got to be, you know, God's judgment that all this bad stuff is happening. No, what's happening is it's the law of seed time and harvest at work. Men are doing bad things in the earth. It's causing bad things to happen in the earth. Okay. We do bad stuff to this planet. It's going to create bad stuff on the earth. And so, you know, I'm not a tree hugger. I'm not trying to like be eco-friendly here. I'm, I'm just saying that when we, when we abuse the system, then we are going to reap the benefit. We're going to reap the reward of abusing the system. And that happens. And so we see that happening uh, all over the place. The earth is because of the effects of sin has changed from the day it was created. It has just changed. You know, the earth, uh, when it was created, was on an axis straight up and down. That axis has shifted. It continues to shift. It just moved again here not too long ago. As, that, as the earth continues to tilt more and more, it's, it's spinning itself into trouble. And the reason that it does that is because of sin, because of mankind's sin on the earth. And what ends up happening is because sin... There is a law, the scripture teaches, the law of sin and death in the book of Romans. Those sins create difficulty in the earth. The flood that happened on the earth changed the way the earth has been now for thousands of years. It was not that way in the beginning. So you have all this stuff that's happening. The earth shifts. Earthquakes happen. The earth shifts a little bit more. Then tsunamis happen and other things that are happening and hurricanes happening and, you know, and, and, and weird weather patterns. But I will say this too, that look, these things are not particular to our generation because we've had lots of bad storms in the past. We've had horrible snowstorms. I mean, back in 78, we had a terrible, I think it was 70, no, 76. Thank you. So, well, there was one in 78, I remember, where like you, the roads were, uh, that, they, that you couldn't even get out, that you couldn't get out even on the road, that it was like way up. And so, 
Um, you know, we've had those things. We've had hurricanes before. We've had bad hurricanes that happened. You know, gratefully, we've had a big season here where we had no hurricanes that happened, major deals that happened. This year, then, we have had a couple of big ones that have happened. Katrina was a bad deal, man. It was bad for a lot of people. It ruined a lot of people's lives. It, it bankrupted people, and the government couldn't help them get out of where they were. I mean, it, so bad things have been happening a long time because man has been involved in this process. It's not God judging the earth and saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to kill all these people. I'm going to make this happen. Right now we are in the season where God is trying, is doing everything he can to get every person into heaven that he can get in through his church. That's what God is doing. Okay. And so like the sons of Issachar, we need to discern and know the times that we are in. Our church believes that there is a second coming. We believe that there is a return of Christ, that he's coming again in the clouds. And we'll look at a couple of those passages uh, here tonight, but that he's going to return in the clouds and that when he does, when he descends, he's going to, there will be a trumpet sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive will will ascend together with him. And uh, there we will ever be with the Lord, okay? Remember this also, that time frame, time in heaven is not the same as time on earth, okay? Time on, in heaven, a thousand years is but a, or a day is but a thousand years in the sight of the Lord. So, you know, what you and I would consider as chronos time, you know, the clicking of the clock is not the same thing that's happening in God's time frame of the way that he is looking at things. So, uh, you know, it's like, I, and I, I think about, you know, for me, my dad's been dead now for, uh, I think, six years he's been gone. But actually, he doesn't feel like he's been gone for very long at all. Right. You know, I mean, if a thousand years is but a day in the sight of the Lord, then, you know, how many for your relative, your mom and dad that died, you know, 60 years ago. I mean, it just seems like a few seconds to them being there in heaven. You know, you know, for you and I, because we're still pacing out to the solar earth system, that time that uh, you and I, we think time drags on. So uh, it's one of those things that's really interesting to, to dig into. No man knows when the Lord is going to return. We can know the seasons, we can know the times, but we can't. We do not know. We do. You and I cannot know uh, the actual time that the Lord will come. I want you to hear this out of a book, the book of Mark, chapter thirteen, verse thirty-two. But of that day and the hour, no one knows. Everybody, say that with no me. One. No one. Thank you, Kevin. No one knows now watch this not even the angels in heaven know nor the son but only the father now, and i've heard people and you guys hear me talk about this stuff a little bit you know i believe that if the scripture says it we should take the scripture for what it says not try to like create our own theory about stuff and i heard a guy actually he was a prophecy teacher and he says i believe that Jesus knows now about when he's coming back. He knows the fought because, you know, the fought, he, he knows all about it. I believe heaven, he says, I believe heaven already knows about it. Okay, what do we do with that? It says no one knows. Only the Father knows. So if you're going to say that, show me where that, well, you know, and he says that, well, even the Spirit searches the deep things of God. And okay, you're trying to, you're trying to blend things that don't blend. The scripture says no man knows. 
So I don't care who wrote a book, who said it was going to happen, who got on TV, who got on the radio, how many you know, doctorate, uh, doctorate degrees they have after their name. No man knows. No man knows. Okay. No one except the father. See, the thing is, is in, and, and I think this bears out with scripture. We're the body of Jesus Christ. He's the head. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. As soon as Jesus knows, I believe that you and I will know. As soon as he knows. In fact, I think it will happen within matters of blinking of the eye. <laughs> okay? As soon as the... It, 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 we, but can we see seasonal things that have, are happening? Can we see things that are like that happening? Absolutely. We could see things that are referencing to the end. He says there in verse 33 of that same uh, chapter of the book of Mark, he says, listen, take heed, watch and pray, because you don't know when the time is. And then he says, look, it's like a master going away and he left somebody in charge and and then he's going to return whenever he's going to return. (coughs) He said, you don't know when he's coming back. Your job is just make sure you're ready for when he does come back. Thank you, Pastor. That's awesome. So there's some really great, great things, some great ideas with this for you and I that we need to recognize. Acts chapter 1, verse 9, if you have your Bible there, we'll move along through these passages. Uh, Verse 9 says this, Now when he had spoken these things, Jesus, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now look, we all, I mean, if we saw somebody rise, this is chapter one of the book of Acts. If we saw someone rise in heaven, we'd be watching it too. Have you ever let go of a balloon, a helium balloon, or watch, what do you do? You, you don't just go, oh well. You watch that thing go. You think, how high is it going to go? I mean, how far is it going to go? Where is it going to go? What, what's going to happen? Is, a, is an airplane going to hit it? Is, a, is a, you know, is it, I mean, is, is it going to explode when it gets up too high? Is it going to freeze and then blow up? What's going to happen to it? These guys, they watch Jesus and he's still going in the cloud and the angels show up and say, why do you keep looking, guys? In fact, it says that they're looking in the, in the actual Greek language. It means, why are you intensely looking? Why are you guys so focused on this? And it, it's interesting here because as they're gazing up, he says, look, he told you what you need to do. So now you guys go do what you need to do. He's coming back. And don't you think they all thought he was going to come back in their lifetime? Sure, they all thought he was coming back. The angel told them he's coming back. It was, rep- it was reported all over the place that he's coming back. There were guys telling that they knew when he was coming back. There were guys said that they were him and had come back. Okay? We're leading people astray. I mean, there was all kinds of... They knew. These guys that stood there and watched this all happen, they knew he was coming back because the angels had told him, told them, the way you saw him go, that's the way he's coming back. He's coming back in the clouds, all right? So you, and, and, and you will be with him. 
They had asked the Lord. In fact, it's interesting if you if you look at and uh, just back up there in the book of Acts chapter one real quick with me. Um, they had asked him in verse six. They said, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And notice what he said. It's not for you to know times or season which the father has put in his own authority Go receive the Holy Spirit and be my witness. So the response that he gives is, is that, look, guys, stop focusing so much on what I'm, what the, when I'm going to return or when I'm going to dominate or when I'm going to be the, you know, establish my kingdom and go do what I called you to do. Go preach the gospel. Go do the job that I've given you to do. And this is where you and I are at. This has not changed. Thousands of years have passed. This has not changed. You and I are still under that call from the Lord. But there are things that we can know about times and seasons. There are things that we can make reference to. In fact, Luke 21, verse 25, And there will be signs in the sun. The Lord said this himself. In the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, and with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And, 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 and then he goes on and says, men's hearts failing them from fear and ex- the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, I, I really struggle, even uh, with the signs, when we start making reference as definitive evidence that the Lord is coming back right now. You know, the blood moons was, a, was, a, was an amazing deal. And, and, and it happened. They were blood moons. But they weren't blood moons for you and I. They were blood moons in other places. You know, we don't live in the same place where all these things... To be able for the moon to be the blood moon, the real blood moon that people really... That, You had to be in a different place. The eclipse is not a total eclipse for the whole planet. It's just an eclipse in portions. You remember this last big eclipse that happened? They're like, go out and look at the eclipse, but don't look right at it. But you go out and look at, you know, get you some negatives or something to look up there and see it. But then you find out that you got to live in Oregon or someplace like that to really see the, the eclipse. Okay, so it was a little disappointing that I was trying to, it didn't kind of seem like it got a little bit darker, but that's not what the scriptures are saying. The scriptures are saying that, look, it's going to be like, it's going to be dark. It's going to be, the earth will cover with that dark, the sun will be blocked out, okay? So these things will all definitely happen. But I think we have to watch with all of this kind of stuff that's going around because then everybody starts getting, oh, you know, this is the sign. And then they start getting, we, we start getting weird about stuff. I mean, in the church, we're just notorious for taking things to weird, extreme levels. And we have to realize that, you know, when those kinds of things are happening, they are definitely evidence of things, but they're not happening everywhere. Right? Right. So, you know, I tell you that there's going to be four blood moons and there's going to be some notable thing happen in Israel. Or I tell you that, you know, that back in the year 2000 or 1999, that in January 1, that all computers are going to start failing and planes are going to drop out of the sky because computers were never geared to go to past the year 2000. I mean, I had to actually, I had to actually, to, and I had to do my homework for this. Some of you were in the church then to just show people that, 
your look, your consumer, you'll still have gas, they'll still be electric, there'll still be gas in the pumps, there'll still be food on the shelf. People were told, still people were freaking. I talked to somebody the other day, they said, yeah, I still have my, y2, my Y2K generator. Now, look, I'm all for getting generators, you know, when the power goes out. I don't have a problem with that. But if you just buy one because you're expecting that this is going to be the end and this is why we're going to go out, then the Mayan calendar thing came up. And church people were like, well, you know, the Mayans, you got you to gotta watch. The Mayans don't even exist anymore. So what do they know? Okay, they couldn't even make it, you know, they couldn't even make it for very long. So, I mean, why are we leaning on them for guidance and wisdom? No, look, the, he said there, there will be things that are going to happen. But when these things happen, you need to recognize these are seasonal things. They've happened before. They're going to happen again. There will be antichrists that will rise up. They will never be able to take full power. The antichrist cannot take full power while the church is here because we are the authority in the earth. As long as there is a praying church on the earth, the antichrist cannot take over. Doesn't mean he won't try, because the devil's nuts, okay? I mean, he's, he'll just try to deceive, and he tries to deceive the church. Look, that's why the church has really got to stand up and be who the church is called to be, because they're buying into the whole idea that, like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, there's, well, sure there is. We have authority in the name of Jesus. We have authority over the devil. We have authority over the demons that are influencing politicians, and a lot of this nonsense that's going on is nothing but divisive, demonic stuff that's influenced. It's not, don't, don't get lost on the people. Because you're wrestling not against flesh and blood. And we're spending all our time because that's what the media is doing, is pushing people, people, people. But the real thing is, is that what's behind all of it is demonic influence to try to create chaos in the earth. And you and I, what we have to do is realize that, look... We have authority over those demonic influences. We need to pray and we need to take authority over them in our prayer life and command that stuff. You're coming down. You will not win. As long as we're here, you will not divide our country. You will not divide our nation. You will not destroy our country. You will not, you know, you will not destroy our system. You are not going to do that in the name of Jesus. Can I get a good amen? amen. And so we have to take our place in what God has called us to do. Now, I've kept this kind of heavy, so I'll lighten it up a little bit. There were two churches, and they both had signs out front. One was Baptist, and the other was Methodist. They were across the street from each other. And uh, on one Saturday, one of the church, the Baptist church, put, a, put, a, put on their sign, turn around before it's too late. And the Methodist church put on theirs, the end is near. Well, this guy pulls up, and he sees both the signs. Both the pastors are out in the front yard, and he sees both those signs, and he yells out, you guys are religious fanatics, and he floors it, man, and takes off down the road, and all of a sudden you hear this kaboom. The Methodist pastor looks at the Baptist pastor and says, maybe we should have put bridge out on the sign. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, thank you, yes. Yeah, I'm not a joke teller. But listen, we do live in a particular time. I'll I'll just highlight a couple of things to you real quick. A particular time of things, of prophetic uh, evidence. Revelation 11 talks about the two witnesses. That the two witnesses, a lot of scholars believe that it's Moses and Elijah resurrected. And uh, 
that uh, the two witnesses that will be, it says that when they die, they'll be in the street and the whole world will see them. If you, you can read all this later, but in Revelation 11, it says the whole world. That is particular to our time because it's only through satellite now that we can, what happens here, we can send. I mean, we're going all around the world. I think Greg's got us on the internet tonight and uh, we're going all around the world on the internet right now. Okay, so what's happening in Wheeler, Michigan is happening in China right now. Okay, so that is particular to our time. That could not have happened. You know, if you go back 100 years, that could not have happened. Revelation 13, which talks about a worldwide financial system. This will happen, a worldwide financial system. There were things that had to come into place. But if you read in Revelation 13, you find that there's a system, a financial system that's put into place where you have to have a chip. You have to have a, you know, a code to be able to buy and sell. There's no way you'll be able to do it without it. And uh, we didn't have that technology 100 years ago, but we have it now. In fact, July, if you, some of you may have seen this, July 24th uh, this year, the New York Times had an article about a company that now in their employees puts a microchip technology in their employees in their hand to be able to tell their time in and time out. So they don't have to do a clock, you know, and they just say, I can just see believers if that was, I, I can just see you guys, okay? Tomorrow you go in and your boss says, look, you don't do time cards no more. What we want to do is we're just going to implant this. You're, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You're not putting nothing under my skin, friend, nothing, okay? I'll get a different job. But that implant technology will be what they will use. And it will either be the mark in the forehead or it will be a mark in the hand that they will be able to do it. And they've created it now. It's a, it's a um, thermo, uh, thermo-powered, you know, it's powered off your body heat and it actually never runs out. It just keeps going and runs off the body heat that you have. And so it's already created. So now it's out there. So see, all these things are coming into place. Now, does that mean that tomorrow that that's what's going to happen? Not till you and I, you and I won't have to deal with that. We may see remnants of it trying to show up, but we're not going to have to deal with that. We'll be out of here when that happens. Matthew 24, 14 says that the gospel will be preached all over the world. This is really powerful, and we don't hear a lot about this because our media is so lame to report a lot of this information. But Jesus said that the gospel, that in the end, the gospel would be preached uh, all over the world, but when he when he talked about all to every nation, he wasn't talking about um, like countries. He was talking about it's the Greek word ethnos, that every ethnic group would be able to hear the gospel. Okay, now listen to this: the ethnos, the ethnic groups that exist today, are seventeen thousand ethnic groups that are in the world. Seventeen thousand. Of those 17,000 ethnic groups, 10,000 of those ethnic groups, those ethnos, have had the gospel preached to them, okay? They've had the gospel preached to them, which means that um, when, when I say the gospel preached, they have a Bible in their country, they have a preacher in their country that's preaching the gospel, and they have a Christian witness, a church or of some sort or small groups that exist in that country. The dilemma is, is that even though there's 10,000 that had been reached, there are 7,000 that had not been reached. The big problem is, and the bigger, bigger, bigger problem with all of that is, is that out of that, uh, that 10,000 that had already been reached, that's where 96% of the gospel money's going. 
So no money was going to reach the 4% that hadn't, you know, the, the, only 4% of gospel money, mission money now I'm talking about, was going to reach that 7,000 people. But what's happened is, is there's been a shift in the church. And so now you see countries where the ethnos, people are actually going in and preaching the gospel, taking Bibles into countries. And for example, like you hear a lot about communist China, but China has the largest growing church in the world. Okay. Now there's some that are catching up, but was the fastest growing. What we see in the media is not always what's going on in those countries. There are thousands and millions of believers in those countries right now. One of the big ones that you'll, you're not going to hear anything about is in Iran. And Iran is receive, is, has, the, has the, one of the fastest growing churches right now. But see, the problem, and the, the problem that, was, that existed was is that because it was illegal for Christians to be in Iran, what happened was, and I got a little bit of insight on, into this through a friend of mine, that people started listening to, the, the ladies started gathering together in, in their homes, listening on uh, satellite television. And so they started watching gospel programs. And a lot of times in these countries that don't speak English, that they'll watch these countries so they can learn English. And so they're hearing these programs and they're trying to learn English and they're hearing about the gospel and they're hearing about Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, you know, and you get women saved, you're going to get men saved. I can tell you right now. And then you're going to have kids saved and you're going to have the gospel start growing. So now in, in Iran, what you're starting to see, you know, you're hearing about all this bad stuff about Iran and all these things. We hear bad stuff about Iraq and all the stuff that's going on there uh, all around the world. The, the, the things, you know, North Korea. I mean, if we were to tell you, to, if I was to tell you tonight that there are Christians now in North Korea that are, are evangelizing at, a, at an exponential rate right now, you, we would be hard-pressed, at least in our thinking, to believe that because all we hear about is their nut leader that's over there that's saying, you know, talking about blowing up the world. Right? The gospel is going, do you know that the church has doubled in the last 47 years? It's doubled. Now here's part of the, one of the big problems. Even though the gospel is fastest growing like in Iran and China and some of these other countries, we're on the list. The United States of America is on the decline as far as people coming to Christ. It is pathetic. And there's some reasons, and I don't have time to get into it tonight because I don't want to keep you too long, but I, there are just some things that we have done in the church. You know, um, I just heard this today, and uh, I'm going to stop, and I'll just come back Sunday. I'll finish the message. But, um, you know, churches are notorious for wanting to keep what they have always had instead of wanting to do stuff to reach people outside of their comfort zone. So we in the church, what we have typically, like if you go back into the seven, let's go to the 60s and 70s. You know, I was, I'm a, I'm a child of the 60s and 70s, all right? So I grew up during the hippie generation. We had long hair. We wore, you know, funky clothes. Didn't shower a whole lot. I mean, had beard, sideburns. I mean, we, you know, we were the free love society, okay? 
they started coming into church. These hippies started coming into church and wanting to know about Jesus. But here's the problem. Everybody in the church had on black suits with straight, narrow black ties and white shirts. All the women had dresses on. A lot of them wore hats. And so they all came, and some of them even had gloves on. You know, the ladies did. I mean, it was a more proper, you had a certain way that you dressed when you went. When these hippies came into church, nobody knew what to do with them. So you know what they did? They asked them not to come back. They said, you go get a haircut, go get a haircut, and you go get you some nice clothes on, and you can come back to our church. Now, I know of people that were actually escorted to the door because of the way that they were dressed. They were asked to leave. All right? See, now, you know, we might look at that and go, oh, that's, that's horrible. It is horrible. But that's typically what the church has done throughout history. Right now, like I talked to some pastors today, and their churches are on the decline. And they don't know what, they're like, you know, and we just like, we can't get people to come and we can't reach yet. We're trying, but people will come and then young people will come, but they won't stay. And our older members are dying. And, I, and, and I'm listening to them and I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly. The older congregation, the prim and proper that have been around in our religion, trained and, you know, have been a part of the church, are refusing to allow those younger people to be a part of what's really happening. They may say that they want new people, but new people means we want people like us. Okay? So what you're going to have, in which we're going to watch this, and you're going to see this happen right here in our area. There's about, uh, there, there's probably at least five churches with two deaths. Those churches will close. They'll shut down. They can't stay open. Because those two deaths, the two, you know, two members die in that church, it can no longer sustain. Some of them are already trying to figure out how we're going to pay our bills through the winter. We can't even, we don't, we don't have enough money. We can't, not only can we not pay a pastor, we can't even keep the, but what we'll do in the church is, is that we will hold on to an old value because it's comfortable to us, but complain that we're not making it. It's like the guy I sat down with, and, and, and uh, he was—he was—he's no longer in the air, but he was Presbyterian. And he said, "Man, your church is growing. You know, what are you guys doing? What's you know? What's this? Everybody wants to know secret sauce. What's the secret sauce? I mean, what does it take? What do you got to do?" I said, "Well, let me ask you a question. Let me let, just—what's your children's ministry like?" Well, we don't have one. You know, we we pay somebody to come in just watch kids, and you know, and it's. There's just nothing, nothing there. I says, well, one, you need to establish a decent children's ministry. You need to start, you know, you, you need to start training and developing. I says, what's your music like? Oh, you know, well, we have the choir and the organist. And I says, well, you need to get rid of all that. Now, look, I, and, I, and I love choirs. So I was raised on choirs. But don't hear me out. One, most choirs don't sound that great anymore, okay? They just don't. And unless they're like Mormon Tabernacle, they're usually not that decent. Some quartets can sound good, but, but most choirs don't sound that decent. I, I know one church, I was like, I listened to their choir. I was like, man, just burn your robes, guys. Get rid of it. Just, just move on, okay? 
I mean, I'm not being, I'm, I'm, listen, God love them. We got talent and ability. Let's turn that, I know, let's turn it. Let's turn it around and let's, let's, let's do something. So I told him, I said, man, you got to make, you got to change your music guy. I said, I'm just telling you that the songs are too complex. You got to back them down. You got to, and you know what his first, he says, well, we can't do any of that. I says, well, then you're going to have what you have. Now they're trying to figure out how to stay open. Okay. So I'm, we're great in the church, hanging on to some value. Look, Jesus is doing powerful things in the earth. He's doing powerful. Stand up with me, if you would. He's doing powerful things. And here's what I want to make sure, that I'm not standing in the way of what he's trying to do. Because look, you know, all you young guys and gals here, you're going to face the same dilemma that us older folks have faced. You're going to have your system in the way that you guys have done things and think that's the way it has to be for everybody. And your kids, it's not the way. You, don't have, you, don't, you never compromise your beliefs. That's not what I'm saying. It, you know, principles are like Jesus. They're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Choir worship is just as awesome as praise and worship with a worship team. It's just different. It's just different. You know, I, I have, I, I don't know, some of you probably think I'm weird about that. But, man, I love, I love old gospel quartets. I love them, man. I, I have so many great memories of gospel quartets singing. I mean, I'm, I am totally into it. I, I have a record player at home. Some of you maybe don't know what that is, but <laughs> I have a record player. And, like, and I, I get out, and I like getting out Tennessee Ernie Ford and putting him on there. Okay, but I'm not going to come to church and say, "Okay, everybody, now we're all going to worship to Tennessee Ernie Ford music this morning," because it doesn't relate. It does not relate to the people. We don't connect with it today. It's a different. I connect with it, but not everybody else does. I don't want us to stand in the way of what God is wanting to do. And sometimes we can become more bent out of shape about method. More bent out of shape about method and, and, and not realize that, look, it's the principle that matters. All God cares about is that we worship. He does not care how we worship. Truthfully, God, I, and, I, and I have some friends that would argue with me about this, but God does not really care how, what clothes you wear to church. I know some people say, well, you know, you need to wear your Sunday best. See, that's old. And look, I, I, I like wearing Sunday best, okay? But... Let's qualify that. That doesn't make anybody any more spiritual, any more holy, because they got the you know got a hat and 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 a and a, a dress on. And we had a lady one time say, "Oh, those women, they're God won't move here because they're in sin because they have slacks on." Okay, this is not the church for you. <laughs> Because you know what? At, 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 at Amazing Grace, you can't have it your way, all right? That's, that's, we're not McDonald's, you know? We do what God, what we believe that God has saved. We got a secret sauce, though. We, we know that, right? There is a secret sauce. So here's the thing. I think we have to do an introspection in our own heart. Where am I standing in the way of somebody receiving the gospel? Because until he comes, he said, occupy until I return. 
Your job, my job, is to occupy until he comes back. That means that we need to get the gospel. We need to do everything we can. I think, it, I think it's pathetic, in Kevin's word, that the church, the church in the United States is declining at the rate that it is declining. And we'll watch more. There are actually less churches today than there were in the 1800s. I know we think they're like everywhere, but there's less than there were in the 1800s because less people are going to church. You know, we'll be packed out. You know, we'll pack out Sunday. We had a great crowd here tonight. I mean, it's awesome. Right, right here is what a lot of folks have on Sunday morning. And, 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 and the only thing that I can say is the reason that this church has been, had any kind of success in getting the gospel out and continuing to grow is because we are not going to get, this church has not gotten stuck on method. That, well, no, no, that's the way grandma did it. That's the way mom did it. And that's the way we're going to do it. We're all going to do it the same way we've always done it. We've just, this church has not been that way. And, um, you know, it, 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 uh, it's, it's just, we're pioneering kind of a trailblazing environment. But in your heart, what are you saying? What are you doing that might be influencing somebody that they think they're not included into the gospel? Sometimes we, we can do that with people that are uh, living a homosexual lifestyle. Sometimes we can do that with people that are drinking alcohol. Sometimes we can do that with people that smoke cigarettes. I mean, all those kinds. And, I, and I, we can pick out stuff and just, you know, think, well, shame on them. They use bad language. They curse. They use the F word. And we're like, oh, man, you know, they're... They're under the judgment of God. That's, that's just, that's an abomination. Listen, it's a, there are sin, that is sin. But what are we doing on our part to let them know that God loves them, Jesus died for them, and that they need to be born again? Yeah. Or does the fact that they got a bottle of whiskey and a, and a glass in front of them make us think that I can't tell them about the gospel because... See what they're doing? Well, they're lesbians. I can't tell them about Jesus because, you know, see what, see what they're doing? That, uh, that's not good. That's bad. They're, they're gay. That, uh, you know, I heard that we shouldn't help those people. You know, they, no, man, we should love them. What about the prostitute? You know, everybody here, when you were a kid, you had a dream. Somewhere along the way for some people, their dream got way messed up. Got way messed up. And now their life's a wreck. And they're on a, they're on a rail that they just can't get off of. But I got good news. Jesus knows how to change the track. Jesus can help anybody because if he could help me, he can help anybody. I didn't deserve it. I was heading towards death, destruction, and Jesus rescued me. How many of you would say that's true for you tonight? I want you to close your eyes right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, there are people around us. And Lord, I know sometimes that we, when we're dealing with people, sometimes we, we just, we have attitudes about folks, what they're doing. I confess, I do. But Lord, please, I pray tonight. Lord, if there are people around me that I basically have blinded myself to them because they weren't living up to some expectation that I had. Lord, I pray tonight in Jesus' name that, Lord God, that you, Lord, would open my eyes. Open our eyes, Lord God.
Lord, for our family members that, that Lord, that, <clears throat> that need the gospel. If we're blinded, Lord God, because of past experiences with them, that, uh, Lord, they're not somehow fit or worthy or we've just forgotten about them. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would remind, just re-up that in our lives to remember how much you love them, how much you love our children, how much you love our grandchildren, how much you love our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our neighbor, Lord God, all of mankind. Father God, I just pray that, Lord, that on our part, we would occupy until you return. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, and all those agreed said, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Have an excellent evening. Let's go out and win the world to Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.